All right, this is What Are You Frightened For? Season 6, Episode 2. My name is Johnny Suck. I'm Louise Burns. And we'll be talking to you about films we saw at Fantasia this past week. Which are being called feminist noir films, or feminist thrillers. Did you just make that up now? Uh, no, I cheated and read it. The one thing that they do all have in common is that they were both directed and written by the same individual, so they have a very uh, strong narrative, like one-person storytelling feel to them, and uh, are all driven by a female protagonist. Not just driven by, but completely focused on, I think, all the movies, all four movies we're talking about today, mm -hmm. which will be Swallow, Blood on Our Name, 1BR, and Bliss, uh, are entirely like, every scene on the protagonist. Yes. So let's start with Swallow, which notably won Best Director and Best Screenplay at the Fantasia Awards the last few days. So Swallow is about a new bride who seems to be living... Wait, what was it about? Upwardly mobile couple. Husband's parents have purchased this pristine house for them. Uh, he goes to work has a life outside of their relationship and domestic responsibilities. She spends all her time looking immaculate and keeping her house immaculate and cooking uh, gourmet dinners. Um, there's a scene at the very beginning at a restaurant where the husband says to her, tell that story, it's a really funny story about the guy and then uh, you know, some childhood memory. She begins to tell it and the f the patriarch of the family, which is the husband's father, smiles and starts listening and then suddenly sort of cuts off and asks the son about some business. And so clearly sort of negating her personality, shutting her down, you know, encouraging her to be amusing and then just like clearly not interested in what this woman has to say. And in that scene, she picks up a ice cube and sticks it into her mouth and starts to sort of like crunch on it quite um, oddly. And that's the first incident of what is an eating disorder, which I never heard of, but um, where someone is, has a compulsive desire to put objects into their mouth and swallow them. And this desire gets progressively worse and she be also is pregnant and uh, even being pregnant um, doesn't seem to help in terms of her uh, stopping to swallow objects such as a pushpin, a battery. It kind of amps up slowly throughout the movie and it's definitely cringe-inducing for the audience. It's like, oh, is she really gonna put that in her mouth? And yeah, she really did. And for all sorts of different items. And they have to have an ultrasound, and so her uh, secrets are revealed. And uh, the husband hires a male nurse who's a Syrian, kind of hairy, um, unsympathetic to her initially, minder. So everything is a symbol of her oppression. And um, the common theme in all the films that uh, we're talking today about is reclaiming your independence and pushing back against convention in a lot of ways. And also I would think the burden of secrets. Part of her disorder comes from trauma 
in her childhood and she clearly has lost her sense of self within this um, domestic role which she, she's even dressing like she's out of the 50s and uh, to reclaim her sense of self she sort of has to revisit her childhood she, she runs away and, and goes to her paternal uh, father and sort of is confronting her past and she makes a huge transition in this film from the 50s suburban pristine housewife to um, not well-dressed in a shopping mall. Last scene is in a woman's bathroom. Uh, so what did you think about Swallow? Uh, I liked it a lot. What do you like about it? Um, I liked the performance. I liked that you could see this overwhelming sadness underneath the polish. It was very psychologically compelling. I thought it was very well shot, very, had a very crisp and clean, very dry kind of feeling, which maybe matched the, the boredom of being stuck at home with nothing to do but swallow household objects. It's kind of, kind of fit that and serve that well. And so I thought it was very interesting to watch and kind of like that style a lot. Yeah, it was very um, good at depicting the traps of wealth um, because everything becomes about appearances and the sadness of kind of a, a relationship that was empty because clearly he didn't see her. Um, he didn't uh, see that she was unhappy and he didn't know how to reach her when he was clearly evident that she was incredibly unhappy because she's swallowing batteries. Instead, his option was to control her. All right, next, Blood on Her Name, which was the world premiere, it aired twice at Fantasia, and is directed by, written and directed by Matthew Pope, and courted by Don Thompson. And so this film, I thought, was uh, excellent. It sort of starts where there's a body on the ground, and it has to be dealt with. So our protagonist, you know, see the signs of some kind of scuffle, and she has to take the body and get rid of it, and has to protect herself and her son and her business by keeping everything hush-hush. And the movie's just about her dealing with her guilt, dealing with people's questions, keeping a secret, and trying to keep things from escalating, which of course they do. And yeah, I thought it was a very interesting movie and the, and the tenseness of it and the, the relatability of what it's like to have to keep something secret, of dealing with questions that you want to, don't want to deal with, and how things can, the burden of something can get out of hand if you don't deal with it properly and don't get other people's help to deal with something and then you, know, you make one or two bangs, bad decisions, and it gets even worse. Yeah, it starts with the body on the ground of the uh, um, car mechanic shop that she runs. Um, she's taking this over from her ex-husband who's incarcerated right now for actually having um, dealt with stolen cars. And so you're not really sure what the uh, what happened that made this 
her obviously or someone um, kill this body but you got the sense that there was a big struggle and that it was uh, like not unintentional so a, a crisis kind of thing and so one of the strong points about this film is the actions people take thinking that they're doing the right thing um, her father is the sheriff it's a small rural town everybody knows everybody she has a, uh, a lot of anger and hostility towards him he as a sheriff also but there was some incident where some violence occurred that she witnessed as a young child and has held him ethically responsible and has sort of estranged herself doesn't trust him with her son has um, you know not allowed him to spend time with the son um, the son's role in it is is ambiguous he's sort of the wire of things how much he knows so there's this sense of all three family members doing the wrong thing in order to protect each other and the engrossing element is that feeling of what would I do in that circumstance and uh, how the burden of a secret is so difficult to cover up especially like they really dwell on the physical aspect of it like how you know wrapping a heavy body and dragging it out and you know where do you put it and what do you do how you not leave any traces how you not leave any traces and then she digs in the pocket of the body and finds pictures of a family you know, so realizes that this person has a spouse and children and then has a crisis of conscience and feels that it's important that the family know what happened and not think that the this father this, this victim just abandoned the family so her actions are based on these kind of um, good intentions but all the good intentions don't leave to lead to any reward they lead to more and more um, trauma in some ways yeah movie kind of remind me of us uh, like some Hitchcock stuff of trying to yeah, keep keep a secret uh, and everything you do you know you're just, uh, feeling that maybe you're letting the secret out and uh, you have paranoia involved in that and it kind of so kind of felt like a, a modern noir film mm -hmm. yeah and it was super tense the whole way through uh, which is great there's not a dull moment even though it wasn't necessarily a, a fast film it was a slow burn mm -hmm. but it was pretty gripping so that was blood on her name and yeah since it was the premiere of it i don't think there was any release plans yet um, so the next film is 1BR, which uh, if you've been looking for apartments recently, which many of us have, you'll know exactly what that is. It just immediately, you're like, ah, yeah, I've seen that on various listings everywhere. So it's one bedroom and it's based in LA and it's about an individual, a young woman who wants to change her life. She's also running away from her father who is revealed to be having an affair with the nurse, the nurse of her dying mother. So she is running fast away from that and is very angry towards him and uh, comes across a uh, apartment compound community, um, very prevalent in LA, also cropping up in many urban cities. and she goes to see this apartment and there's floods of people and she is pretty convinced that there's no way that she's going to be able to get this place 
and she fills out the uh, credit check and whatever other requirements, including saying that she has no pets. And uh, to her, much to her surprise, they accept her. So she thinks, great, new apartment, everyone seems super nice, but of course, weird things start happening and it turns out to be a nightmare. The thing about this movie is I was expecting it to be bad apartment stuff story, like, I don't know, the ceilings leaking and the neighbors making too much noise, which would seem like it was pitched as that or promoted as that, but actually turned out to be, oh no, the apartment complex is a cult. <laughs> and then she gets brought in and tortured and brainwashed by this cult. So it took a pretty like, hard turn in a different direction than it seemed like it was going to be. The movie ends, ends up being about this cult and how the cult operates and how the cult thinks and how the people act and how they get indoctrinated. Yeah, so the it's LA based, so it very much is a, a drawing on Scientology and something else called um, cinnamon drug rehabilitation program so again in both of these kind of cult philosophies and within this film as well um, the the belief is that they are um, doing good like they're breaking this individual down getting them to submit for their own good to improve their life so there is a militaresque conditioning that has that component of you're being surveilled all the time. If you don't do what I say, there will be consequences, but there's the battle with your own will because you, you have to willfully put yourself in that harm, which is something that, in that theme of what would I have done? Uh, as a viewer, you're just aching for rebellion, aching for rebellion, but also terrified of it because the consequences are, are horrible. She decides that she will embrace somewhat the philosophies of the group. There's a lot of sort of, uh, well, look at you. You're a temp worker. You look at how, how much you've done with your life. Well, that's how they work. They that's find how they work. your weaknesses and they uh, amplify them and show that, hey, we have the answer for that. Come on over. Yeah. Guilt and control and uh, best intentions turn dark, which is similar as what we were talking about, uh, blood on her name. You know, reclaiming your independence. She loses her independence, or has to lose her independence, with to to survive in this one-bedroom apartment, and then she pushes back against it. But the end had a lot of—I um, wouldn't call it a happy ending, as we were commenting. No, it kind of had a twist, dark ending. Yeah. But uh, so, so that movie is about someone who lost control, or gave up her control, and then tried to regain it. Blood on her name was about someone who was losing control and was just trying to you scramble know, it keep, back together. Yeah, keep hold on whatever control she could. Swaller, swallow was about someone who didn't have control, developed problems because of it, and then kind of yeah. tried to again regain it and break free of the chains. And so the last movie we'll talk about is Bliss. <laughs> Which is about someone who lost control and then learned to embrace her loss of control and learned how to control what was happening. So that's a very strong common theme throughout the movies this week. So more on Bliss is uh, focuses on a struggling LA artist who 
you know, is working on finishing a painting, but is lacking some of the creative inspiration. So she goes to see her dealer, tries out some new drugs, trips out, and ends up turning into a vampire. And then the movie goes back and forth between her kind of sober states of not being creative to getting high, living out her vampireishness, <laughs> which means, you know, eating people and and working on her art and creating this insane art. A bit of a classic Jekyll and Hyde. Like, what did I do last night? But then, wow, that painting's really good. Does she remember what she did? No, it's kind of waking up covered in blood and with a really bad hangover. And you're like, oh man, yeah, I need something to like take me up out of this. I'm gonna take another hit. So ah. it's compulsion. Yeah. Is ah. it guilt? No. Uh, and you know the plot of the movie is it's not a very plot-heavy movie, but the style of this movie was insane. It was uh, looked incredible, with amazing lighting and visual effects, and very frenetic. There was a uh, epilepsy warning at the very oh, beginning. Wow. And CGI? No. Uh, seemed like very practical effects and just camera tricks and good light and good editing. Mm -hmm. And the soundtrack and soundscapes were amazing. It was bands like Doom Riders and Electric Wizard and Isis. Oh. And uh, more ambient music done by Steve Moore from Zombie. And yeah, it was just 80 minutes of pure sex, drugs, rock and roll. Full of and no guilt, gore and nudity and electric wizard and yeah, that's uh, that's all I ever wanted from a movie. <laughs> and yeah, it was the best best film I've seen in at least a year. Okay. And that is Bliss by Joe Begos. Also, no details on the release of that film, but hopefully it'll come to a theater near you. All right, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week with uh, talking about the last week of Fantasia. Mm -hmm.